I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You can find me and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Lisa Evers. And you can catch up on all of your Street Soldiers episodes, both Hot 97 and Fox 5, radio and TV, on lisaevers.com, free of charge. Now, in this episode, we're focusing on hip-hop and God. Is there a growing spirituality in the culture? Uh, Drake's Billboard Hot 100 hit God's Plan broke music streaming records with more than 18 million streams in a day. Its theme of a higher purpose and giving to others ignited a movement that's been building in hip-hop for a very long time. We've seen artists like Curtis Blow, MC Hammer, and Mace actually become ministers, and there are many others as well. We've seen many artists give thanks to God at award shows, and the list of artists who make reference to prayers and the higher power of God is long. It spans different eras in hip-hop as well, from DMX's Lord, Give Me a Sign, to more recent songs by Kendrick Lamar and Kanye. Other artists give thanks to God on Instagram and live out the spiritual belief of giving back by helping their communities over the years like Fat Joe and Fetty Wap. Is this a growing trend or is it a fad? Some people say it might even be a little bit of a marketing ploy, but let's find out what our panel has to say. Joining me for this episode of Street Soldiers, Oswin Benjamin. He's a hip-hop artist. He performed on the BET Awards. Oswin, great to have you on Street Soldiers. Thank you. Also with us is Somia Krishnamurthy. She's a music journalist. Somia, great to have you. Great to be here. Thank you. Also with us is David Banner, a hip-hop artist. His latest project is Godbox, and his new signal, signal, single is Magnolia with CeeLo Green. Thank you. David, great to have you on. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Let me ask you, is this God trend new? No, I, don't, I think, you know, we've always been a spiritual people. You know, uh, especially with me being from the South, you know, you, you go back to some of the most gangster rappers in the world. You know, Scarface has always been praying and humble to God. I just think that what happens is, is that we're such a faddish culture when someone who's humongous um, has an opportunity to do it. And then, you know, people have a tendency to to start focus on, focusing on it and looking at it. Like, as you start doing your research, I mean, I'm listening to it. You see that it's always been a part of our culture. Right. Um, you know, I, I just think that there's waves, and sometimes the wave is here, and sometimes the wave is there. And, um, you know, I, I just think that it's, it's, it's something that people are uncovering now. And, um, you know, hopefully it can do some positive things in, you know, certain people's lives. So, I mean, is, the, is this a new trend or is it, is it kind of, has it gained, gone to a new level? I agree with David. I think it's all about waves. And I think when it comes to spirituality or beliefs, people have had them, right, since, since the beginning of time. And you see it all over music, music videos, um, the thank you notes. Back when people would have liner notes, it would usually be God would be the first person shouted out. Um, I think now we're just seeing more high-profile artists do it. So someone like Drake obviously has the platform that when he does something like the God's Plan video and launches a challenge, it becomes this global phenomenon. Um, similarly, Kanye, Chance the Rapper, these are big names of people who've openly embraced spirituality and religion, but 
to David's point, I think a lot of people worship in their own ways, and I think we're just now seeing it in a more public manner, but by no means is it new. It's been around for a long time, mm-hmm. you're saying. Absolutely. Oswin, what about you? Tell, tell us, I, a lot of your Instagram posts, you you know, God, you know, say God loves you yeah. to people reading it. What gave you the idea to do that? Um, well, I, I grew up. I grew up in that in that whole church-filled Christian background home, and um, even when I started rapping, my mother had an issue with it because of certain words I would use in the message. But um, one thing that she always told me, though, like if this is what you're gonna do, you gotta understand that you're speaking to um, a hopeless people, and the whole point of our beliefs is to bring hope. And sometimes people don't hear little things, or they don't get those little reminders, like yo, God loves you. This, this, there's someone out there, whatever you wanna call them. It's bigger than what's going on, and he cares about you. I care about you. That's just what we were taught to believe. So, we were. I was always taught to, all right, cool. We could talk about our surroundings and how terrible it is, but what's the solution and where's the hope? So that for me, that's what it's always been. Like I gotta, I could bring you through this dark tunnel, but I gotta show you the light that's at the end of it. And basically, letting people know that they're not alone. Whatever they're going through, or whatever kind of struggles, that for type sure. of thing. They're not. They're not alone, David. You, your new, your latest project is called God Box. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that for us? Well, I really don't like to explain it because I believe that God works with different people in different ways. And like we put out a message, and I had to learn this the hard way. Like we're very selfish, and we want people to understand things the way that we we meant it to be understood. But I think that we're all conduits, and one message may mean something to somebody else, and in a time of need. But, like, if you tell people this was my meaning, and they was like, well, wow, that's not what I received, then you break their spirits. But oh, but, okay. but I, I have a different twist on it, and I um, hope I don't hurt too many people's feelings. But my album, The God Box, wasn't really to bring people to religion. It was really to tell them that God is a little bit closer. And I personally feel like, especially America, uses religion to keep the people... Um, subdued and bound and you know as a descendant of of, of Africans when they brought Africans here um, they took everything of culture away they took their their, their language they took their understanding of their God um, their spirituality everything about about them but for some reason their religion still remained so for me if everything that was powerful to you was taken away from you um, why did that still, why was that still allowed? If you look in our communities, you know, you got the liquor stores, you got, you know, all of these different things, and on every corner, there's a church. When in actuality, when in actuality, there's one God, and if there was really one God, then we can all sort of praise together. So for me, I think it's very important for, for people not to prescribe or subscribe to a religion and really find that spiritual being, whatever that may be in self. And that's what I, that's what my album was about. Not as much about, like, when people heard the God Box, they was like, oh, David Banner, a preacher now. You're right. Nah, <laughs> not, not, exact, quite, not quite. Not exactly. <laughs> not exactly. No, David Banner has not become a preacher. No, but um, I, I think it's, it's very important for us to ask these types of questions. Because in so many cases, you know, you know, you, you people have a tendency of looking at rappers or looking at young black men and trying to pick out the things that they do. But I think in a lot of cases, you have those same spirits in every subsection of culture, even religion. 
So I, I, I'm usually the one to say, okay, guys, let's let's hold up. Let's not just fall into this bag without not, without really understanding and researching what you're getting into. But you're bringing you're bringing up the image and the stereotype of rap, mm -hmm. and as it's gone through the different eras of mm -hmm. gangsters, of crime, of sex, of just mm -hmm. this decadent lifestyle of doing whatever you need to do in order to get ahead and pay your bills, and mm -hmm. the hard luck stories, you know, the tough beginnings of of so many so many artists, and then there's God. So is that Somia opening a new audience to hip hop or having them look at artists in a different way, especially black men? I think people are complicated and you can be both, <laughs> yes, right? Like you right. can be at the club on Saturday and then in the front row on Sunday at church. And that's how human beings are. So I think it's always been there. Um, sort of this idea that rappers didn't have a spiritual side is just not true. And sometimes you would see it in small ways, like wearing like a crucifix around your neck or, you know, getting a tattoo, um, you know, with like a Bible verse or a Quran verse. Or one verse of the saints, or, like some of the... Yeah, no. absolutely. So I think people are complicated and we can't sort of put a label that, okay, you can only do secular music or you can only be a spiritual person. You could be both because, again, human beings are multifaceted. And what about the Snoop album, mm -hmm. the Snoop Gospel album? That's a great example of someone mm -hmm. whose first album was Doggy Style, and now he's talking about <laughs> I never thought the about Bible it that of way. love. It's to, like to from, hear her wait, say that. Wait, 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 She's from, like from, Doggy from, Style. From Doggy yeah. Style to Bible of Love. <laughs> yeah. But to me, that's to Snoop, right? Like Snoop <laughs> is a guy we've seen grow up, and we've seen him from a young man to being a father right. to, like, you know, coaching kids playing football, to giving back to his community, to being a businessman. That's Snoop. So to yeah. me, this is very representative. Why can't he have a number one gospel album that reflects who he is at this time of his life? But but, but see, excuse me, just let me say one other thing. And see, that's, that's the hypocrisy of everything. You know, people will criticize Uncle Snoop, but then you look at David in the Bible, he was the greatest gangster rapper of all time. <laughs> but, and the only reason why people accept David was because God supposedly said, this is a man of my, you know, of my, my liking. This is my guy right, right here. This is my, my guy. guy, exactly. This is my, this guy, is my guy right, guy right here. here. Yeah. So, you know, David <laughs> can send somebody off to war, you know, just so he can lay with the dude's wife. And that's girl. okay, because God said it was okay. So if that David can exist, why can't a David Banner? Why can't a Snoop exist in that same light? That's just the hypocrisy of human beings. Like like she said, we are it's very complex we're, beings. We're, and, we are, and a lot of times, too, especially with celebrities, especially with people in the public eye, there's a tendency to just take them as in one dimension, the dimension that maybe they became famous for, mm -hmm. and then not see the rest of it. But, Oswin, do you feel like you're part of that new generation of, mm -hmm. of artists coming up here out in New York do you feel there's it's just something that since it's part of life it's okay it's not a big deal I think I think people um and even a go for what you said and this could be often you know what I'm saying ignorance or lack of knowledge and me talking on my end but from what I understand hip-hop for me is has been one of the most human genres you know what I'm saying and that's because everybody's just telling a story like right. and it gets translated as this guy's this and this guy's that, but it's just like yo, we all those are just the guys in the forefront. There's a million Jay Z stories. There's a million Nas stories. Those are just the guys on the front, and it's just like this. And just to go off of what y'all said too, like yo, I could go to church on Sunday, but that doesn't mean because I'm in I'm at the altar that I don't feel certain things, and I don't. And that doesn't mean because I feel those certain things, I'm not at liberty to discuss those. I feel like. Hip hop is a is a conversation, and I feel like that's what it's always. And been. now, no topics are off limits. Basically, no, like you, because you could is. you could feel you could feel everything. Like me growing up in a church, like I I still feel everything, 
There's times where it get rough, and I think about selling drugs. There's times where, you know what I'm saying, the Bible says don't fornicate, but if I see... You know, my girl passed by me and she come out the shower and she looking good. I'm going to have those thoughts. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not exempt from feeling these things. From and, human, and, you're yeah. human feelings. And if, and if, exactly. I'm a, if I'm an artist, that's my job to speak about those things that I feel. The human a, experience and to talk about that. We're going to take a short break. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Y'all, 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 you're done this, your girl with celebrity right now. You're watching Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Mod with they Street. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about hip-hop and God. Is spirituality a growing trend in the culture, or has it always been there? Joining us for this conversation, Oswin Benjamin. He's a hip-hop artist. He also performed on the BET Awards. Oswin, great to have you with us. Thank you. Also with us is Somia Krishnamurthy. She's a music journalist. Somia, great to have you. Great to be here. Also with us is David Banner. He's a hip-hop artist. His latest project is The God Box. His new single is Magnolia with CeeLo Green. David, great to have you. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. Somia, is this just marketing? I mean, because Drake starts out the video for God's plan with the budget for this music video was 900, whatever, 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 thousands of dollars, like nearly a million dollars. And then it's just shots of him going around giving away stacks of cash to people who def definitely need it and will benefit from it. But is that just marketing? There's definitely a marketing aspect and a promotional aspect to it. Um, but, you know, it kind of goes back to this debate of should you do charity out in the open or should you do it quietly? And different people kind of have different thoughts about it. I personally feel that artists sell so much to us. Their music, what they're wearing, waist trainers, fit tea, like everything that you can think of. So why not sell good deeds, right? So if you're going to use your platform, why not use it for something positive um, and to spread a message that, again, is furthering the culture. So is it promotional? A hundred percent. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right, because it is getting the idea. D David, what about the this concept too? Like there's an expectation, I think, and there are, as Somia said, there's a lot of artists who I know personally have done things in the community. They didn't want any publicity. They didn't want people to know about it. They didn't post about it. They just, you know, built a youth center or they did mm -hmm. certain things, you know, to help pe people who are facing hard times. But in terms of the what's expected of artists now do you think that's changing now we expect artists to kind of like we do other celebrities you kind of have to have a charity you kind of have to have something to uh you know show that you're giving back um I, that's just because like i was always taught as a southerner like men especially men don't talk about their good deeds good deeds are what you're supposed to do you know and um we've always been that way but it seems like in a lot of cases, there's so much negative, just gook thrown at us all the time that you sort of have to put out the good things that you're doing just to level out all the negativity, you right. know? Like, that's something that I struggle with, you know, all the time. Like, we're constant. there was a time in my career where we were, I was doing more than the money that I was bringing in during the time Katrina was happening. Mm -hmm. Like, I stopped my whole career and just did Katrina. That's all I did for a year. And um, I, I, I believe that you have to take it by situation. Each person is different. You know, somebody, some people do it, and I personally feel this way. If kids need books and you have a guy who's fronting and just doing it so he can get the publicity, who cares? The kids, the got kids are going to have the books. Right, the right. kids has the books. Or the that's computers all, that's, or whatever. Right, that's right. the only thing that, we, that I really care about. But I, I think what ends up happening is, is that the life of an entertainer, just about everything is a go now. 
You know, with me, that's one of the things that I've always fought against. And I remember when I was at Universal, they said, David Banner, you'd probably be two times bigger if you would open your life up to the world. And I was like, I mean, the world buys my music. They don't own my life. Mm. So I always kept my life separate, who I'm dating, who my mother is, you know, my spiritual preferences. Um, because I even think in a lot of cases, people want to know what you are so they can put you in their comfort box. You know, I don't let anybody know what I believe in. I believe that that's personal. I mean, I remember Malcolm said that. He said, I believe that black people would go a whole lot further if they would keep their uh, religion in the closet. You know what I'm saying? If it's really about the death of young, innocent black men, women, and children, or just innocent men, women, and children, period, whatever your preference is, then it should be about that. Not whether you're Christian, Muslim, or indifferent, whatever it may end up being. So I just think sometimes we have to take it situation by situation and remember that people are human. Also you, social media, right? Like you I'm were mentioning that, that yeah. you know, the label kind of pressuring you, but now with social media artists, especially newer artists, are told, like, you need to share your life. People want transparency. The fans want it. Brands want it. And it really kind of gives, like, this 360 view of who you are. So it's also harder now. So, right, like, before, maybe you could have that personal life. Now, you know, let's say we see you at a church. Someone may take a picture of you. All of a sudden, it's all over the Internet. You might not have even posted it. So it's we're in a weird age of kind of oversharing just as a culture. Yeah, but what, 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 what ends up happening with that is it ends up equaling out because, yeah, you may see me at a church, but then... You may see me meditating with my Buddhist friends. So I think what happens is it's just it's such an overload of information that people end up taking the subsections of the things that's most important to them and taking that the right. rest and not necessarily buying the album or streaming the album right. or, or whatever. Aswin, what about the, for, for, for you as an artist, as an up and coming artist, do you feel that pressure to put things out there that aren't related to work or? Nah, not at all. I mean, for, for me, it's different. I've, I've always, especially the music, I've always prided my music off of transparency because, and that's off of, and I honestly, what started that for me was that Eight Mile movie. Mm-hmm. At the end, that last battle, it was just like, yo, Papa Doc really couldn't say nothing to him because he put his, his whole self out there. Yeah. So for me, it's just like, I've, and I've always been that type of person. It's like, yo, you don't have to ask me nothing because I'm an open book. So can nothing get misconstrued or lost in translation because I am, I am or what I am. Or somebody come back to you and go like, hey, I know this about you like, and you yeah, really I, need to. Like if you listen to the music, I probably said it already. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you, you already know what you're dealing with when you get me. When you listen to the music, when you see the Instagram post, nothing for me, nothing is really off limits. But what like about that. as artists become they become more of a machine around them, and then there's this, you know, they're renting fancy cars to take pictures in front of cars they don't really own, and Hashtag looking like they ad, yeah. And you know, it's just expected now. It doesn't even necessarily need to be pushing something. Anytime like a national tragedy happens or a news story, people look. Okay, who are the big artists? Why have they not said anything about? you know, March for Our Lives or Black Lives Matter or the Women's March. So there's also just this 24-hour kind of attention that artists have on them now that I think before you could sort of hide away a little bit. And there are still artists who are able to be a bit elusive, um, but usually those tend to be the exception or they sort of establish themselves in the past. But as a newer artist, I feel like you kind of live your life in the public spotlight, and that's sort of what you sign up for. It comes with the territory. I think yeah. so. David, what do you think about that? Well, what I think, and I was actually going to warn you about that, and just, just warning from artist to artist, you, you have to be careful. You have to keep something in private because that that's, that's, to me, what makes you a human being. You know, you have to protect a certain part of you. That's what makes you 
that artist that people can really feel because I think what ends up happening is people open up their whole entire life and then they really become a caricature of themselves instead of really being a human being and projecting what you want to project out to the world. You know, I, I actually it's funny that you, yeah, people may think this is funny. I actually learned that from Lil John. Lil John said, I'm gonna create who I wanna be. I wanna put that person out there so my real, personal, genuine self, I can protect it's like that. like the Chappelle skit where he like has a British ego. accent, right? But, but, yeah. that, but, but, that, but, but really and truly realizing that what ends up happening is, is you watch so many artists, and I'm friends to a lot of these artists, is they really become that person that they people want the them to yeah. be. They become and, the hype. And then their mother's child and ends up dying. Like you were like, I told my little brother and it really made me mad and I don't think he understood. I said, don't ever call me David Banner. Like my name is to you, I'm I'm Billy, I'm Lavelle, I'm your brother. Like David Banner is a rapper. Right. I'm, I'm still your brother, don't, right. I'm not David. I, I don't wanna be David Banner to you. And some people, this is the only quirk that I have as an artist. Like if you don't know me as Lavelle, don't call me Lavelle. Cause when I hear Lavelle, that means, oh, you know me. If you call me Billy, that means, oh, you knew me as a child. Oh, that means something to me. Okay, I, oh, we have a kinsmanship. And and I think that's the thing that happens when artists become so big that they're no longer relatable because... They become the brand. Right, because they didn't protect themselves. They actually become a corporate entity. And I think that's what happened to hip-hop. Hip-hop was always these group, this group of people who had this, this kindred spirit, and then they become the, ex, the exact opposite of what hip-hop was. They become this corporate entity that's no longer... that has no, uh, um, no connection with the everyday so are you saying person. two things are really going on now? On the one hand, we're hearing more outward references to God, to spirituality, these demonstrations. But the other picture, or possibly the bigger structural picture, is that hip-hop has really lost its soul? Is that what you're saying? Well, well, what I'm saying is this, this is what I believe. I believe that, and, and I talked about this in, in, Revolt, in the Revolt Music Conference. Our generation taught your generation money over everything. We taught you all that. So the kids was like, okay, money over everything. Right. Let's get it. When in actuality, if money's if it's money over everything, then you have no morals, you have no scruples. Then you actually become a prostitute to the people who have the money. And usually, like we talked about earlier, um, the corporate structure really doesn't care about the average man, really doesn't care about the type of food that you have or whether it's healthy or, or what you have to go through every it's day. Money. It's about the profit. Money over everything. Right. Money over everything. Yeah. Aswin, but what about for, for artists now? It's like, the, the of course, people want to people want to make money and artists have a lot more freedom and independence to make their own music before they actually are out there to a you know a really big audience do you feel any kind of pressure like that no i don't and it's um like even even listening to to what you said like i i get it i would i would have conversations with friends of mine too and it's just like if you look at the climate of music and you look at the people that's winning it's all a gimmick and just talking to people on the day to day, everybody's looking for something past a gimmick. Some everybody's looking for something real to hold on to. I feel like one of the the most prominent artists now, and I mean like not prominent for the moment, but I mean with longevity attached to their names. Those are the people that's delivering the feel and they're delivering something something real. And I study that blueprint because I'm in this for longevity. Mm -hmm. So I'm I don't 
I, I don't have a problem letting people know when I'm broke. I don't got a problem letting people know when I'm low. I don't got a problem letting people know I'm happy. I don't got a problem letting people know when I'm having an issue with religion. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't have an issue putting that out there because I'm not the only one that feels like this. And I feel like as an artist, I got to be the voice of the people that don't really have one or don't know how to portray that voice. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't feel any pressure at all. It's kind of like you kind of sign up to be the sacrificial lamb when you do this. Once you, decide, once you decide to be behind a microphone or in front of a stage in front of thousands of people, that's your job. And you have to do that. And if you don't want to do that, then be a behind-the-scenes person. You know what I'm saying? But I already know what this entails, and I already know what I got to do. And, and, you, and you signed on for it. We need to take a short break. Okay, okay. This okay. is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. What up, what up? It's your girl, Justina Valentine. You already know you're tuned in to Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Keep it locked. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about hip-hop and God. Is there a growing spirituality in the culture? Joining me for this conversation, Oswin Benjamin. He's a hip-hop artist. He performed at the BET Awards. Oswin, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Also with us is Somia Krishnamurthy. She's a music journalist. Somia, great to have you. Great to be here. Thank you. Also with us is the one and only David Banner, hip-hop artist. His latest project is Godbox, and his new sing- single is Magnolia. And he with doesn't want to comb his hair anymore. He doesn't want to comb his hair anymore. That's why you're wearing the hat. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. In terms of the, in terms of the making money aspect of this God in the music. Does it sell more records, Somia? It can. It really just depends on sort of what your brand is and as long as it doesn't sort of alienate anyone. I think, you know, with Drake, God's Plan isn't a gospel record or it's not, you know, any type of like religious song. There's some, you know, thematic stuff there, but Drake is still Drake. So you kind of know what he stands for. And as a fan, he hasn't done anything too crazy. So I think as long as, you know, whatever you do, whether it be religion, spirituality, you know, a a makeover, whatever it is, as long as you're not alienating your fans or confusing them, I don't think it's a problem kind of to the bottom line. David, do you feel it's it's opening up people, more people to the, the, the culture and also giving other artists who are not really part of hip hop opportunities as well like all the people that Snoop had on that album um I, I think it can and it does it, it just depends how consistent you stay you know um some like we, we were just talking about waves if some of these artists are able to come through that door um when the opportunity opens and they have a sound that's marketable a sound that can catch on then yes um but again similar to what she says is like people sort of put you in, your fans sort of put you in this box. And that's one thing that I am so thankful, and I thank my fans. If you go look at my Instagram, I just talked about it last night. I thank my fans almost every month. I am one of the few artists that literally made a change in front of the whole entire world. And my fans sort of stepped away from me for a minute and it was like, oh, we don't know if <laughs> right. we want to do that. And then I stayed consistent, you know, because especially with these kids, they really want to see if you're doing the stuff that you say, and like that step away from you for a minute, okay, you say you're not doing this no more, David Banner, we're going to see how long that lasts when the money gets short. Right. So like I stayed consistent and they came back and say, okay, well maybe I can listen to you. Maybe I can, you know, check this God box thing out and it actually happened. So I, I think it's about the consistency of the artists. And one thing that we talked about in the break is that you have a lot of artists who are doing the exact opposite and becoming, you know, very, 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 very financially successful, 
maybe they're not on every TV ad. Maybe they're not, you know, uh, on the radio every day, but they're touring. And making money. And making real money, sustainable money. And also the other part, too, is like, what do you stand for, right? I think there's some artists, you know, they're going to be around for one week. They're going to have a huge song. We're going to love it. And then next year we forget who they are versus people, like you said, the long game where you're like, look, this is who I am. You're going to see parts of me over the years. And I really want to have a long career. I don't want to be a flash in the pan. And I think a lot of that evolution, even with someone like yourself, is just kind of growing up, becoming mature, becoming a man or a woman, just kind of coming into your own. So that's the thing with a lot of artists. I think we judge some an artist who's 17 years old wow. comparing him or her to an artist who's like 50. Well, the 50-year-old artist could be that person's dad. So it's not really right. a fair comparison. Like if we all go back to when we were teenagers – we all did knuckleheaded things, and you and would never want to be judged yeah, by your worst day for the rest and of your life. And we didn't have millions of dollars and everybody in the world saying Looking everything that we said is correct or yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I was talking about that yesterday. There's no way. Like, people, because I looked so great, I was actually 28 when, I, when Like a Pimp came out. Well, if I would have been 16, 17 with that much influence and that much like power, oh, I, no, I probably, yeah. <laughs> a little a bit. <laughs> that would have been true to life. A couple other things would have happened. Because yeah. actually at that time it was sort of. Because how old were you when Play came it, out? It was very, oh, I was, I don't know, 30 something. But, oh. um, but all of that was true. What's funny about Like a Pimp is it is is all of that was a lifestyle. All of that was true. You were really, but a I pimp? was, but I was controlled. It it was it was you more controlled. as a pimp? No, it was about a lifestyle. If you listen to the song, it said life. Just asking, just clarifying. No, 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 no. I, and, and I am investigative journalist. Right, 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 right. Like. And, and 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 I have to make sure that we're clear. The song says like. The operative word is like. Okay. So it's like a pimp. It's not the fact that you are a pimp. Right. And you see an opportunity and you take full advantage of that opportunity, whether good or bad. If you see a weakness in the situation, you have an opportunity to take advantage of it. And taking advantage doesn't always mean something negative. Then you do it. Take advantage of the time. <laughs> huh. So who would have thought Like a Pimp would turn into the God Box? But that shows just you growing exactly. as an artist yeah. and as a person. Exactly. So I think we also can't be so harsh, especially on younger artists. Like, you know, you send out one tweet, okay, we cancel you forever. No, like we all are human 100%. beings. 100%. We're going to make a, mistakes. Yeah. I don't know, what about same. that? It's like there's, there's, there's this thing, and we, we did our recent Hip Hop Family Feud show on mm -hmm. this, where there's this thing of the more experienced artists saying that that younger artists especially the ones that are like in their teens they should know about everybody it's from like the 90s it's like hating like you should be an encyclopedia like you should be doing this yeah. and you're uh, more ridiculous. worried about the beats and you can't really write and all these types of things but what what do you think about that in terms of the authenticity now i feel like me i i started listening to rap super late cuz I, I i was so Yo, my mother, like, my first John Legend CD, I had to listen to it with the volume all the way down when my mom and was asleep. And it was asleep. a John Legend? Yeah. John yeah. Legend? Yeah. Wow. It, was, it was like, it wow. was like that. Record it was record get lifted? It was <laughs> super, you know what I'm saying? It, we was, it was super, it was super church in the house like like that. So I didn't, super I love, yeah, it was super strict. So I loved, I loved rap. I fell in love with it when I when I got to college. So I, I, I cared about it to the point for me to double back. And there's a bunch of stuff I still haven't heard, but I'm, I'm a student of it. And I feel like, not everybody is, is going to do that. Because like you said, not everybody's here for 15, 20 years. It's for the, if I know I'm going to make a hit, and I'm going to say like, it for right now. Song. Let me just make a record. You know what I'm saying? So you have these, I feel like we don't give the, um, the younger generation 
a chance to mess up. And if you, and if you, what, what I try to tell so public now. Too. Everything, what yeah, I try like, to tell a lot of my it. contemporaries is that, and if you're screaming at somebody and you're you're so negative about their music, then why should they care about your music? I told exactly. a Mississippi historian that he was talking about yeah the rich music of Mississippi, and I said, hey, sir, do you know who David Banner is? And he was like, I'm standing in his face. I was like, no, I don't. And I was like, okay, you want these kids to know about your history, but you're not interested in their history and you know nothing about their history exactly. and what they're interested in. So for me, what I decided to do instead of criticizing these young artists, get around them, get in the studio with them, talk to them, teach them, because most of them look up to us yep. and really want to be around us so much. But then we talk so negative about them. And I know if you say F me, I'm going to say F you. Whether and I'm that, right or wrong. there's nothing spiritual about that at all. <laughs> right. No. And, and, and. <laughs> this, but they'll this, tweet about God or right. Instagram. Right. And that's what I was going to say. And, and I, did, I did a record. Um, I remember, that, and I talk about this all the time. I did a record with Mary Mary, who's one of right. the, the, the yeah. top gospel groups. They did a record with me. And they didn't even know who I was. Like Warren Campbell, who is the producer of Mary Mary, me and him were great, great friends. And so they knew me as the guy that was always hanging out with Warren. Then the song came out and those girls got attacked so much for doing a record with a secular artist. And if you would have listened Who to it. a song called Like a Pimp. Right. But, but, but the thing was, I was telling them that I'm trying to be more and more like Jesus every day. I need help. If they would have listened to the verse, and if I would have been weaker in my spirituality, I would have never wanted to speak to or be around another Christian in my life because you are not God. You can't judge me. Right. And if I am, if I, if I, and if you look at the stories of Jesus, Jesus walked amongst the people. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? Right. Everybody. So, and and that's the hypocrisy I think sometimes as as an older artist and as so-called religious people, we take this, we take the place of God instead of trying to help usher people into what we believe is right and not even know is right, what we believe is right, and then we end up casting them away and treating them worse than the people in the streets do. It's like the religion of hip hop, right? And I think with the OGs, like you said, take the younger generation in, be a mentor. I think with our generation, we feel like we didn't have the mentorship. Like you guys got really successful and rich and kind of left us but there's to also fend a whole for ourselves. But, but there's you know? also a whole time thing for artists now too because you were talking about it. Artists that, that came up through the, you know, started their careers like in the 90s or, or in the, the zero zeros or whatever. It's like there was, you were still out there personally promoting your albums and your songs. You, you perform on stage and if you messed up, it wasn't all over Instagram. Right. Man. It wasn't, you could make comments, you could practice in interviews without it going everywhere on smaller radio and stations and that type of thing. So that, that grooming process, that positive grooming process and just kind of on-the-job training isn't there. And if you have a hit song or you have a crazy beat, all of a sudden, boom, you're out there in the world and now they're looking at every single little thing you do and you're still fig figuring things out. That's kind of like, like the blueprint that we have is social media. And it's crazy when your blueprint is based off of everybody's highlights. Yeah. So you're just looking off of at every, whatever everybody else is. You're looking, at, you're looking yeah. at everybody's perfect moments and you coming up. Like uh, Kendrick don't have when he was K-Dot on his Instagram. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Jay-Z don't have. Jay-Z don't even tweet. Like all of these OGs that we look up to, 
they post the big moments on their Instagram. Right. And us coming up, if we're going to have a blueprint since the everything private jet is and so not waiting for the not exactly. waiting for the A train at 2 o'clock in the morning after doing a show. We need to take a short break. You know I mean? I'm Lisa Evers, your host. We'll be back right after this. Hey, what up, y'all? This hey, is up, Lloyd, the King of Hearts. And this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 9-7. You did. I was sitting up under this tree, she was talking to me, she said, son, do you know who I am, who I happen to be, and I told her, the mighty magnolia that stand tall for the shoulders of slaves and soldiers when the days get colder, so older, but I'm young in my spirit, from the blood I'd hear it from Mr. Malcolm Garvey and Marley, then she started to tell me how she was used in the lynching of blacks, branch cracked, broke her arm just so his neck wouldn't snap, and if I wouldn't rap, I'd probably meet the same damn fate, from the same damn rope, I'm about the same damn weight, I said, wait man, wait, I still got the news, it's just loose. They tighten it up When I'm speaking the truth They need proof that God exists So I gave the God box It ain't as hard as this It ain't as hard as this Flick a wrist I flick a brick I'm more I still get this dough These know Everywhere we go It's Mississippi Peace to throw This a mo Out of space Falling spacecraft Crawling black George Jetson Jew City Jack Jawing Drawing painting pictures And scriptures I know that y'all missed this Out here stacking the army Trying to enlist this You get this off enough To click up on your world The last shall be first And the first shall be last No average No Savage, this king rule a billion dollar freedom fighter And I take it if I got it Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. That was Magnolia by David Banner. In this episode, we're talking about hip-hop and God. Is spirituality growing, or is it just a trend and a fad that's going to go away? Joining me for this conversation, Oswin Benjamin. He's a hip-hop artist. He performed on the BET Awards. Oswin, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Also with us is Somia Krishnamurthy. She's a music journalist. Somia, great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you. Also with us is the one and only David Banner, hip-hop artist. His uh, latest project is Godbox. His new single is Magnolia with CeeLo Green. Great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. So in, ter- in terms of all of the references to God, do you think any of them are fake? No, I, I, I don't, people I are just don't, doing it because it makes them sound... I don't, I don't think that's, that's up to us to decide. I feel like that's people, up to I, God yeah, to I feel like, <laughs> I feel like people. I feel like people go through things and they, and they, they find what they're looking for on their journey. Some of it, it, it may be a, a chance to capitalize. For some of them, it may be a, a, a genuine thing. I feel like the, the whole situation with Snoop, that book of love, I think that's a genuine thing. You know what I mean? But that's that's my interpretation. Somebody else could look and at it And some of it like, is more contradictory mm-hmm. than others. Like, I remember I've interviewed artists during Ramadan, so they're fasting because, you know, they call themselves Muslims. But the interview's in a strip club, or they're also smoking weed while the interview's happening. So they're fasting, but partaking in other things. And again, you know, at the end of the day, who are we to judge? Like, I think everyone lives their life by their own beliefs. And it's not really for us to sit here and wag our finger like you're not living up to a certain expectation because, you know, people in glass houses, right? Exactly. And then we also have to be careful because we don't know who their gods are. Maybe money is their god. Maybe success is their God. So as much as they may be playing us or playing whoever it may end up being, you know, and making us feel like it's the spiritual God, um, some people's God are the exact things that they're searching for. But in terms of the spirituality <clears throat> aspect of it, because I, I look at hip, you look at hip hop and I look at hip hop and hip hop was the cutting edge 
of you know showing what was really going on in inner city communities when mainstream news was not covering it. Mm -hmm. Hip hop was on the cutting edge of that. It's now become the most popular form of music in the world. And then in terms of the spirituality, is it possible that this kind of idea of just kind of not being haters, not being mean to people, looking out for other people, that this is just a new idea that hip hop's on the cutting edge of this big change we're going through as a society? I mean, David I, Banner? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one part is, though, it's also just cultural, right? So, right. like, even within, like, millennials, Gen Z, you're seeing more people looking at spirituality, self-help. Like, you know, I remember a time, like, the self-help section. Like, you'd be so embarrassed to be seen there. But right. now people have vision boards and they, you know, like to um, manifest. And it's kind of, you know, a lot of that is just part of, like, youth culture. And it could just be the type of world we live in when you see tragedy and death and disease you want to find some sort of meaning to it. And it doesn't matter your age. Even a young person may call to whatever their higher power or, you know, some sort of a life force That's just to point. give their life some meaning. And feel empowered, too. Sure. And feel like there's some power. And I also, and this is something that I lecture about all the time, and I also think, you know, people always criticize the youth. But I think what ends up happening is, too, I think we have a generation of kids who are tired of our grandparents' lives our parents' lives, and they really want to search for something new, whatever it may end up being. And I, I think that's a level, because similar to what she was saying, a lot of us who have been, you know, speaking contrary to just the everyday um, dogmatic views that America had pushed down our throats, when we introduce an, another level of whether it was Christianity or Buddhism or whatever it may end up being, you know, we would looked at sideways, you know what I'm saying? Sure. And I, I think these kids are truly just looking for the truth. And I think it gives um, people who have always been trying to push a different type of spirituality through. I think now these kids give us an opportunity to actually be at the forefront now. And it's also changed, changed the attitudes, too, because right. before the attitude was when we do volunteer projects, it'd be like, why are you doing that? You're not getting paid for it. Well, it's for the community. Mm -hmm. It's helping the kids, helping Katrina, mm -hmm. helping Sandy victims, all that type of thing. And now... Because of this this new emphasis on it and acceptance and popularity of it, I think it's that's spreading too. Mm -hmm. So I think it's real. Right. I just think we just we we just need to hold people accountable. Like really, if 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 you're gonna jump in that lane, you know, when like we say, if we if we see you and you're not holding true to that, then you know, I think people should also put pressure because I think that was one of the uh, amazing things about hip hop back in the day and even before my time, which kept it a, a, a little bit more secure is that if you said something and you come to our neighborhood you have to show us that like whatever that may end up being if you say that you balling and you come through and you not balling hold up now okay and and i think that's one of the things that will make people less likely to jump off in a lane that's hot because i always tell my followers i said if someone is everything that you need anytime that you need it it's something that's not right about that person. That's a good point. That's yeah. good advice. Mm -hmm. that's basically and, and just good the advice. fact that they're your followers, right? Social mm -hmm. media, just this aspect that we follow people, we follow celebrities, right. kind of this cult of celebrity, this religion of celebrity. And, you know, one thing I'll say is, too, with artists, there's a duality because there's something that the fans see and then something we in the industry see, too. So someone may live a certain life publicly. We know how they're living behind closed doors. So sometimes there is that contradiction as well. In other words, pretending well. like they're very, very respectful and sure. care about other people, but behind closed doors, they're yeah. super.
super arrogant and or obnoxious. Or the opposite, where, you know, like you mentioned, having a persona, where your persona is like a specific type of artist, but at home, you're so nice. I mean, I can't tell you how many artists I've interviewed, you think they'd be so nice and funny, and then sitting them with one-on-one, it's terrible. Or the opposite, where you think they'd be standoffish or aggressive, and they're actually super chill, you see them around their family, their friends. So again, human beings are complicated, you know? Can I, can I add one other thing to that? I, I think this is very important. Um, I hate the fact that rap is so real now. Like, it, it's supposed what to be... What do you mean? It's supposed to be stories. Like, you're supposed to be a storyteller. Oh, okay. Like, if you look at people who wrote the Bible, it wasn't necessarily the people who was in it. They wrote stories about the people that they saw. Right. You know, I look at you a mean person... mean more like a movie script. I, 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 look at, I look at a person like Ice Cube. Like, I don't really care if he really did the stuff that he said he did, that he did. He was the best person who vocalized the way that I feel. Right. But what ends up happening is, is, is you have people who couldn't rap as well in a lot of cases. And so they made it and they pushed about the lifestyle so much. Rap has become, rap is one of the few things that you can make money off of professionally where you don't have to be able to do what it's called. Yeah. Like you can't play mm-hmm. basketball. You, you can't say that you're in the NBA can't and can't ball. do something. Like Dennis Rodman may have not been good at everything, but he was the greatest rebounder. So he just focused on rebounding. Right. Like it's about, be, it's supposed to be about beats and rhymes. Now it's about everything but beats and rhymes. So if, if you are able to live a lifestyle of a rapper and you can hold the cadence, then in a lot of cases, people will pick you over the person who is actually more talented. And I think if we don't bring that to the forefront, then everybody or anybody can 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 um, infuse a person into our culture. And if they had the things that they say, all they have to do is go buy it and put them in that lifestyle. Only thing that you have to do to be a killer is truly go out and kill somebody. But that doesn't mean that you are literally a killer. Like, you you with it any time that it's about to pop off. The only thing you really have to do is do it, and that doesn't make you that There's person. There's a lot of selling the mm-hmm. lifestyle, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's that. Yeah. I was going to say, even with that, though, but even down to that to that um, metaphor that you gave, like, if you shoot somebody that don't make you a killer, mm-hmm. you just kill somebody, the killers that's around you know that you're not a killer. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I feel like... Everything gets exposed. Yeah, in but, the time, but, but you know see the mean? problem. The, but the problem is now, and this is one of the criticisms that I have. Now people accept it. Like if you're popular Got you. and you're fake, then you're pop. But but you're making money. Like we say, we got to go back to we we talk the generation that is money over everything. Mm-hmm. You have these people who we look at TV and we know that that's not true. Oh, but. He got him. He got that bag, though. Got you. That's the, that's the thing where we from. Oh, but he got the bag. And now we have, we it, it's, it's funny. The house Negro used to be something that people didn't like. Society has made the house Negro popular now. So now it's popular to be the exact opposite of who we said we used to be. Because back in the day with, with, with your parents and my parents, mm-hmm. if you were fake and we knew you were fake, you couldn't come to the hood. Yeah, but you don't. Okay, we're almost out of time for this for the show. But in terms of the people, in terms of real and fake, mm-hmm. don't you think that with social media, with people having everybody with a phone having a camera on it, that it makes it more? You can't it, define it. There is no real and fake. Do you know what I mean? It's oh, you what think the line see. is just blurred. I was, was going to say that's blurred. Blurred. I keep yeah. people so, honest. Though. I don't think so. I think it's blurred. I think you mentioned it. Social media is everyone's highlight reel. Like it's the you look the best. The angles are the best. The lighting right. is the best. Right. No one shows their worst day on social media. Or very few people, unless again, 
that's their brand. And, you know, to his point, I think what's important is just being authentic, whatever that is authentic to you. And I think whether it be about religion or fashion or rap or whatever it is, just be authentic. And I do think the one thing about this generation, they're able to discern that. Like, I think, I don't know what it is. It's just they're able to sort of see kind of beyond just what the corporations are pushing. Because there's some artists, they have a ton of money behind them, every brand co-signing them. They can't stream one song. And they just don't get that traction. And they don't get that traction. So I do think there is something discerning, though, about kind of the listener and the fan now, that it may not be apparent kind of looking at what they're consuming. But when I talk to, you know, young people, they say, hey, I feel this artist. His words move me. There's an emotional connection. You can't argue with that. Someone feels how they feel. Exactly. You you never can argue with emotions one way or another, though, yeah? No, and I can't argue with being out of time either. I want to thank all of you you for being with us for this episode of Street Soldiers. Aswin Benjamin, thank you so much. Great to have you on. Somia Krishnamurthy, great to have you with us. David Banner, wonderful to have you here with us. Thank Thank you you all very, very much. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Let's push for peace.